Last episode, um, excited about this one as I have been for the last ones, but this one's really special because I am bringing my wife on. It's also her birthday today, and uh, as I said, I'm going to talk a little bit about just women's athletics, her journey, get some perspective on those types of things, um, but before we get into that, I wanted to... Uh, Hit on the topic in the news, something that I hinted at on my last episode, but the Big Ten and the Pac-12 canceled their fall seasons, and it was coming. Hate to say it, but I called it. They, uh, you know, to me, they're really doing these players a disservice, um, and as more information gets out, it's going to be cool to see, but I know, you know, Coach Harbaugh came out. Um, at Michigan, Coach Franklin at Penn State. Um, you know, Coach Frost has been really outspoken about his opinion on the whole thing. And a lot of these programs have really done a great job making sure that they did everything the right way and as safe as possible. Even if, you know, you are a believer in there being an extreme risk in COVID or not, you know, they really made sure that they covered all their bases and set it up. So, Oh, it's a shame. And you feel really bad for these players. And, you know, one of our previous guests, my little brother, Brandon, his season got canceled. He's a soccer player, but that's it's a fall season. And that's also canceled. So it's a shame. And I feel really bad for these guys. And um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens now after this, because I think, uh, like I said, Scott Frost up at Nebraska mentioned that he was going to do everything in his power to play, even if that's trying to figure out a new conference, trying to figure out a new schedule, whatever it is. So I think the Big Ten may have really shot themselves in the foot here because there's plenty of schools that definitely have a desire to play and definitely would be very, very appealing options to a few of these other conferences that haven't said anything yet because it just wasn't the Big Ten. The Pac-12 also announced that they weren't going to play any of their fall sports either. So the SEC, the Big 12, the ACC are all kind of – looking and I think uh, you know another 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 take on all this I think uh, I think that one of those conferences could possibly begin to cherry pick from the Pac-12 and the Big Ten um, just so these guys could get a football season played because that's that's what at the end of the day that's what makes money it's what brings people to the to the school football program in most cases across the country does pay for many of the other athletic programs um, and, and supports them to be able to go out and compete and travel and get the same type of gear and all those things. So it'll be interesting to see if any of these teams decide within the next you know few weeks to uh, possibly try and sneak into another conference. And like I said, I think the ramifications of these decisions are going to be, are going to be, uh, they could be pretty, pretty uh, vast in nature in terms of, um, you know, what what the future looks like for the Big Ten and the Pac-12. So now that we hit on that, I want to bring in Tatum Kyle, Tatum Hackenberg um, here now. So, T, what's up, babe? Hi. I'm excited to be joining this segment. Yeah, so um, so – 
Tatum and I uh, met at Penn State. She was she played uh, women's lacrosse up there. Um, All American four year starter. Um, had a very very successful career. Had a very successful high school career. Uh, also, um, was not just a lacrosse player. She played ice hockey in high school with the boys. Pretty impressive. One of my favorite things to talk about about her. Um, and, uh, you know, just a really awesome person, really accomplished a lot athletically. And, uh, I think it would be cool to get a, a women, a woman's perspective on the landscape of sports and specifically professional sports, because you see a lot of these women, uh, women's sports leagues that are quote unquote professional. And she actually played in one of those in the women's lacrosse in the, what, what was that called to that was, um, yeah, the Women's Professional Lacrosse League. Yeah. Um, and just kind of thinking about uh, the monetary value of it, the value of women's athletics, um, their platforms, their reach, finding unique ways to create opportunities for uh, women to have successful careers athletically after college. And I think, um, you know, as I touched on in my last episode, you know, that's something that before his passing, Kobe Bryant was very, very passionate about. And the WNBA has been fairly successful when you consider all when you all things considered in terms of monetary value, television, and and being a, a successful professional women's sports league. The WNBA is probably the standard, wouldn't you say so? Yeah, that's probably the most I guess prestigious one one in women's and yeah. soccer as well. Soccer as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, so T, let's talk a little bit about uh, your experiences athletically. Like, give me a rundown of your career. Um, give some of these people a little bit of perspective in terms of what you did and how you got to where you got to. And you could start back as far as high school or, you know, you could just go into the college career, whatever it is. Yeah. So, I mean, I was put into sports because I was always like, go, go, go. So my parents always wanted to put me, I mean, I did everything from piano. I did nine years of ballet. I don't even know if you knew that I did tap um, just to stay active. So I think it's not only sports, but any extracurricular activities, um, I did it. I tried everything. And then whatever I liked stuck. So um, I guess that transferred to playing club sports and then more specifically in high school, sticking with soccer, ice hockey and lacrosse. Um, I didn't start playing lacrosse until a freshman in high school because it wasn't really popular in our town. Um, so the first time I picked up a stick was when spring of freshman year and I just loved it. So um I kind of feel like just looking at the sports environment specifically for women now, um, that fun aspect, not that it's being lost, but I feel like parents are, I guess, only focusing on that sports can get them into college. And that wasn't my focus. That wasn't my parents' focus. But if that it did that, that's great. Right. Well, now that you bring that up, like, I find that funny because like my parallel to that is like growing up. And I obviously grew up in a house with all boys and we mm-hmm. all played, you know, football, baseball, basketball and soccer growing up. Um, but like for me, like my thought process was always like, oh, OK, like I have to get to college, but I want to go play professional football mm-hmm. because yeah. of the of the statute of the. Uh, it's not, gosh, it's your dream. Word. Yeah, it's my dream. But beca- like everything that came along with that, like it paid well. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed the sport. Like I enjoyed the game. I I have a true passion for the game. Um, and like 
that step was like readily available and that was like a popular decision. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like that was always a popular decision and college was great because you could get a scholarship and get your education paid for. Yeah. But like that really that was the wasn't the focus. Like yeah. that was just like, that was a part of the process to get to where I wanted to get to. Right. Yeah. Whereas like you brought that up, yeah. like a lot of people, a lot of parents and a lot of players in, uh, women's athletics today are really just trying are focused on trying to get um, to college, but then there's like no, end no goal. real end goal in terms of athletics. And um, I guess like, what's your opinion on that? Do you think that's fair? Do you think that there needs to be more opportunities for women post-college to continue to play and be able to survive off of that? Do you think that it's even possible though, due to, you know, Obviously, it's a business and there needs to be interest there. So do you think that there's enough interest, say, in like women's lacrosse for a professional women's lacrosse league to survive and start to go? Or do you think it has just been like the attempts at it have just been poorly executed and poorly ran from the top down? Well, I think it's um, – I guess a pet peeve of mine is when someone's like, oh, you can't just – I, this was, I guess, when there wasn't like there was zero professional lacrosse league for women's, and it's not paying the bills, but yeah. it's still something to do. It's kind right. of like a goal after college, but they're like, oh, um, lacrosse—you can't just go to college to play lacrosse. Well, you can. Well, I did, and I think it's very narrow-minded to look at that as just being um, kind of you know professional after that, because the reason why I got my I'm in pharmaceutical sales now. The reason why I got that job was because I played lacrosse in college because that told such a story about my work ethic, who I was, um, so many details rather than just kind of getting me a scholarship. Right. So you're saying like your, your, your college athletic experience helped you professionally. Yes. Whether, but it wasn't professional lacrosse, but it was professionally in a career. Correct. And like I said, like, like that's great. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's something that even like, male athletes benefit from like mm-hmm, maybe completely. somebody goes to school and you know it doesn't pan out they get hurt or they don't develop the way they thought they were going to mm-hmm. but because they have a Penn State football letterman on their resume that automatically puts them in a different category when it comes to hiring and, and, and even in a different network when it comes to hiring and what people do but I'm saying like more specifically okay. like from a professional sports Got standpoint it. yeah like, like, what's your, like I said, like, what's your kind of vibe on that? Like, what's like, like, what's, do you think it's fair? Do you think like there's enough, like I said, enough money and enough interest in professional women's sports? Like I said, you have the WNBA, which obviously garners some stuff, but you know, other than that, and maybe soccer with the national team, like what's, what's, you know, what's the end game there? Yeah. And I mean, I think it's what you make of it because yeah, like the women's professional lacrosse league is still a starter league. You can't pay the bills with that. I mean, it's maybe per diem money. They're paying for gas um, and you're playing and you're trying to get, I don't know, you're kind of trying to spread the word of lacrosse and get girls involved. But I mean, there's a bunch of girls that are sponsored by Nike, sponsored by Under Armour. Mm -hmm. So it's what you make of it, sponsored by STX, which is a lacrosse brand. So that's kind of like, I guess, a means of, you know, definitely something as some form of income income in a career, but also regarding, um, I mean, I think definitely they could be doing maybe a better job with the Women's Basketball Association and same thing with soccer as well. Like I know when the World Cup comes, all of a sudden we hear about women's soccer more and more. 
But um, yeah, I think even something that career-wise for sports is coaching. So whether it's coaching club lacrosse and building like a name for yourself club-wise or even coaching. I mean, my best friend who was my college roommate who played lacrosse with me is now an assistant coach of a D1 college. So that's also paying the bills and still doing what she loves and working up um, Kelly Amonti. She was a Northwestern head coach. She had her own lacrosse stick named after her, that Monty Hiller lacrosse head. Mm-hmm. So um, there's different, I guess it's what you make of it for, for women's sports. It's not just kind of like NFL and you go for that. So it's kind of a bunch of different pathways. Yeah. But I guess like, again, what I'm, what I'm trying to get across is, is like, is that fair? Like, do you think mm-hmm. that women should have an opportunity to not have to coach and get other sponsorships? Do you think women should have an opportunity to say, hey, I was a four-year All-American at Penn State. We won the Big Ten. We competed for national championships every year. I was a great player. What's next? Mm-hmm. Like, can I continue to pursue my athletic dreams somewhere to a level where that could be my job and my career path. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's fair, but when taking a step back and looking at it, um, it's still growing, you know, like right. as a, as a sport. So I can't say it's not fair. Um, 100%, I guess even maybe when looking at soccer and I don't really know too much about what they make in income wise and yeah. stuff like that, but well, it's not, it's nothing compared to like, professional yeah. Men's stuff like that. Yeah, what would you parallel, I guess, to NFL? So, like, yeah, so, like, it's hard because, obviously, like, I I don't want to come, like, I'm a very compassionate person and I'm not a person who's, like, racist or sexist or anything like that. Yeah. Like, but what I, I'm also very, like, pragmatic when it comes to looking at a situation and just analyzing it, right? Yeah. So, like, if you were to take all the feelings out of it, blindfold people and sit there and, and bring up, you know, get, get, a thousand people from random spots across the country, put them in a room and be like, okay, do you want to watch uh, professional women's lacrosse or do you want to watch professional football? 1,000. I agree you know with you I mean? completely. So that's why I can't say it's not fair, but also I, I guess um, they're finding new ways, but I guess with, I mean, there's gymnastics on TV. There's yeah. Olympic gymnastics. There's, I mean, I guess like I guess what I'm saying is is like because again like going back to what I was saying like my my opinion on it's hard because like I sit there and I say um this is a capitalistic economy that's how America is mm-hmm. so like you earn everything that you get right mm-hmm. so like maybe it's not fair that the WNBA doesn't get paid the way that the NBA does but like the NBA earns that they had they generate a ton of money from uh TV they generate a ton of money from ticket sales. They generate a ton of money from various other things. It's an entertaining thing that people want to go see. And the amount and volume of money that is involved in that league is what creates the bigger paychecks and mm-hmm. the ability to give these guys multi, multi-million dollar contracts, right? I don't think the WNBA does that. And that's kind of like where I find – the, the issue the one the one woman who is all, who's very outspoken is the um, the professional soccer player she's you know the captain stud leader of the yeah of the mm-hmm. team I, know USA. About. I forget her name and I would look it up but it, it's beside the point is she's been very outspoken about how it's not fair and like my argument to her would be what I just said like okay we watch the women's like you were saying we watch like Olympics the women's, and the World the Cup, women's yeah. World Cup but then like I don't see you on TV 
I don't, there's no real like involvement and engagement after that, that would generate enough money to be able to justify paying you the same money that Lionel Messi makes. Well, and I guess going you know off saying? of that is again, what I was kind of saying is like making it maybe. And it has nothing to do with the fact that you're a woman. No, you know I'm not saying? taking it that way. And, Anyone and that takes it that way is not understanding correct. it correctly, but I'm not taking that way whatsoever. But I guess more making women's sports more exciting and I guess different in a way. So I know for lacrosse, they were trying to, in the professional league, change the rules to make it more exciting. Right. You know, so things like like behind the back shots and like things like to grab that. I mean, it's it's an entertainment business. Right. Do you think then that it is more so on those at the women who are athletes out there right now who are successful and who are playing at some level? Do you think it is more on them to grow their sport? And like, do you think do you think that it's on them to grow their sport, and then women in general who may have not been, you know, as successful of an athlete as you are, but are are fans of sports and fans of women's athletics? Do you think it's it? A lot of the interaction should be like a call of action to those people to try to tap into that market because it is a big market. It's mm -hmm. you know we have three hundred and fifty million people in the United States of America. Like, there's a ton of women in there too. So it's like. Do you think it's a call to action for those people to get more involved about um, making women's athletics more of a um, more of a priority within that specific marketplace? Because obviously, like it's been exposed to the entirety and like the whole country, and like there's some men who do enjoy it, but there's other men and women who prefer watching male athletes play right mm -hmm. but there's definitely i think a market big enough to be able to sustain uh, uh a payable income and a sustainable league for women to go out and play professionally and maybe not make as much money as the nba or the nfl but be able to make enough money to pay the bills and have a great time and be able to go on and have a long successful career yeah and i guess where that starts i mean i agree that that should be a possibility but where that starts it needs to be a collaboration right you can't be in it just for the money off the get-go because it's not going to work and i and right. i've seen that been done before and it's not going to work that way it has to slowly build up and like when i played like i told you I sacrificed weekends and I sacrificed time. Yeah, I remember. Um, you know, like I had a full-time job Monday through Friday and, you know, I wasn't making money, but you have to make those sacrifices for it to get to that point. Otherwise, it's never going to get there. Right. So you, I can't be complaining now and being like, you know, the first or second year of the league, I can't believe I'm not making a salary. Like, I guess our generation needs to sacrifice that for the generations below us to get that opportunity. Right. It has to start somewhere. Yeah. So yeah. – yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, I think it's an interesting conversation to dive into. And, you know, I think another aspect, another way to look at it is, is maybe, you know, you look at how like football runs, right? Like it gets to that point in the spring where everyone just starts talking about like OTAs. Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of just filling time, especially on ESPN standpoint and the other major sports networks of like, just filling time with stuff that's not really entertaining. Like, do you think maybe if like the WNBA shifted their season to one of those downtimes around the major professional sports leagues, like that would work? Do you think like there may need to be an adjustment with that? Maybe a women's lacrosse league pops up there and that starts getting on TV more. Um, 
whatever it is, I think they just need to come up with creative ways to start getting people to sit down and actually watch the sport and come to the sport, make it accessible to people, maybe not try to tap into the major markets like New York and mm-hmm. Chicago and LA, like maybe start tapping into smaller, uh, markets that are big. Like I, I like personally, like I think a great spot and a great place for women's, uh, lacrosse to start to grow would be the Baltimore, Northern Virginia, Baltimore area. Mm-hmm. And then New up York. in New York and yeah. Long Island. Like that's the lacrosse. Those are the lacrosse, those are the lacrosse meccas, right? Yeah. And I'm not a lacrosse guy, but I know that. Mm-hmm. And like, I know for a fact that, and I think, you know, people for a fact who are done playing or are parents who've had kids who would love to go and watch a women's lacrosse game because they live for it. Yeah. You know what I mean, who would love to go watch a professional women's lacrosse game real good quality lacrosse at a high level and make it accessible to the people who need to see it the most. And I think that's where you have to start. And yeah. Then you can grow from there. I mean, even anyone listening to this, I guess, podcast, they don't even know probably there is a team USA for lacrosse right. and that the women play like that's something that needs to be showed on ESPN and shown, sorry, excuse yeah. me on ESPN. And um, even when there's the final four or the sweet 16 or elite eight, um, like things like that needs to be shown of the women's sports mm-hmm. on those bigger platforms. Right. Um, so I guess I know what you mean, like maybe sacrificing uh, time slots or say there's a big baseball game that day, you know, in the spring, not making it the same day as that or um, or something. But it definitely has grown. I mean, I've definitely seen progression and progress throughout that and especially in women's sports. Um, so I, I, I can't say that it's, it's unfair because it's growing and it's getting there. Like even on the top, you know, sports. Yeah. The top 10, like top, 10, top 10. Yeah. They have stuff. some like, uh, they, have, they have a girl's clips, you know, which yeah. is, that's, that's a start. That's what, that's what we as female athletes need. Do you think male athletes have a responsibility to, uh, to grow women's athletics? Or do you think, like I said earlier, it's more on the female athletes to grow their sport? I think Female athletes need to collaborate to grow their sports, but we need the support of male athletes as well. So, like, support of um, even the men's lacrosse team. Like, the supporting back and forth, though. Yeah. It can't be a competition. And that's what I think with females. It can't be a competition within the females. Like, you need to support each other to let it grow and advertise each other, but also with the male sports advertising. So, I think definitely. So, you think, think like you think that that should be something that they seek out? Because like I said earlier, like Kobe was a huge proponent of women's basketball and trying to grow the game Mm -hmm. and just women's athletics in general. Um, And I think that was really powerful for a guy like him who was such a mega, mega international superstar and personality. He's well-respected. He's well-respected to be able to sit down and make it a point and a focus. And obviously he had daughters, so I think that definitely – had an effect on him mm-hmm. because he wanted to see them have the same opportunities I think he had as a player. But um, that is to me like a prime example of somebody coming in and helping. And I think he did it out of the goodness of his heart. And I think that's, I think it's on the women's athletics to like target those type of people. But also who is that NFL player that's seeing that Olympic soccer player? Like that's definitely. Oh, that's, that's uh, Zach. It's Zach yeah. So that's drawing some attention to the women's team, which is awesome because they're working out together. Like yeah. that's the support. I mean, they're dating, but that's the support that. Well, they're, they're married. They're married. Yeah. See, I don't even know. But yeah. like I've, I'm aware of her and their relationship and I've seen it on social media, their workouts together. Yeah. Um. So I think that's cool. That support. And that's what I'm saying. Like, yes, it's on the women. Like 
her and her soccer Olympic soccer team to do that, but also like the support from Zach is widening that platform. Right. But who's going to do that for women's lacrosse? Yeah. You right. know, so it's like, that's why I, know I what can't you're saying. really, yeah. Um, Cause men's lacrosse needs to grow. Right. Paul exactly. Rabel is the, you know, biggest name in lacrosse and he's working on growing. He's doing a great I think job. Sport just needs to grow. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I mean, I wasn't a fan. I was a baseball kid growing up. Yeah. And like, we always looked at the lacrosse guys as like the other, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, the white collar preppy guys. Yeah. But because it did start um, in prep schools. Yeah. But looking back at it now and having watched you play in your career, even though it was women's women's lacrosse, mm -hmm. which is a little bit less physical than the men's game. Yeah. Like it is a fun game. I mean, it's fast and it's something like I look back on and be like, hey, I would have. I would have enjoyed playing, I think. Yeah, yeah, completely. And yeah. and that's why, I mean, that like I said, it is growing. And it, and it's it's getting there, but um, they need to grow the guys' game first, I think. So I, I do think it starts with the guys' game. So you don't think that they can do it together? Not right now, because they need to focus on growing the guys' game. Right. I mean, because like I said, they're, they're, they've established the PLL, the Professional Lacrosse mm -hmm. League, and then women's will come to that, but you need to establish that first. And like I said, Paul Rabel's doing a great job of, of you know getting that up and running and then hopefully the women's team will follow and they collaborate together mm -hmm. so that's definitely something that's up and coming but even i mean like i said there's taylor coming she's an under armor athlete yeah i mean scrolling on instagram she's advertising the under armor face mask um there's kayla trainer who's a nike athlete you know stuff like that so they they're it's what you make of it getting those opportunities and kind of spreading the word of it yeah well I appreciate it. I think that was, I think it's interesting. I think these people will enjoy that conversation. I think hopefully it sheds some perspective on that whole situation because I think it is a hot topic in sports and I don't think it's talked about enough. And I think men and women need to be able to have these types of conversations together and put egos aside and look at it from a 10,000 foot view rather than themselves and their current passion and situation for it you know because it, it could get heated and like i said like if i was if i was a women's athlete and i wanted to continue playing but it wasn't going to provide for my family like i'd have a hard time justifying that and that would bother me so i think that 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 it definitely needs to grow and i think it'll be really interesting to see see how that all works out yeah well i appreciate you having me and i think at the end of the day it evaluates the sacrifice and just for right now um and collaboration so um I appreciate you having me on, Christian. Thanks, babe. Well, appreciate it. End of the five-part series. Had a blast. Might be doing this again soon.